I'm Allie Sedano. I'm Fiona Boyle. We are both seafarers, and we have been talking about sexual assault and sexual harassment awareness. This month, we are providing resources to perpetuate change in the industry. Today, we have a very special guest from the International Seafarers Welfare and Assistance Network, also known as ISWAN. This is the Women Offshore Podcast. Women Offshore is a 501c3 nonprofit organization supporting a diverse workforce on the water. Before we begin, we wanted to say that if you have been a victim or a witness to sexual assault or sexual harassment, you are not alone and can take action today. We encourage you to report such matters to your employer, academy, school, or union as per their guidelines. For example, this may be your HR partner, captain, or designated person ashore. It can be hard to speak up, but it is a necessary step in seeking help and breaking the cycle of sexual assault and sexual harassment. So as we know, it is so important that we have resources available, people who understand what we're going through if we experience harassment, especially on board a vessel. And if you feel isolated or alone, that's only going to make the situation worse. And what we're finding today with talking to Caitlin is being able to reach out to someone at the Seafair Help Hotline. They're going to be that, that voice and that understanding person on the other line who is going to know what to say, how to help, and work through the the harassment that's being experienced. Yeah, it's so important to reach out for help if you have experienced harassment or assault. And starting Women Offshore four years ago now, I wanted to provide a resource like Seafair Help, discovered what it was through social media, and reached out for their information to put it on our website and realized what a great resource it was because it didn't matter where you were in the world. You could reach out and give them a call. They're open 24-7. And it was just nice to know that here were trained individuals who could reach out to seafarers. Yeah, the biggest thing that I find amazing with ISWAN is it's available to the seafarer and their family multilingual 24 hours a day 365 days a year and it's an organization that works to promote the welfare of seafarers overall i just love the family piece because we know that that seafarers underway are afloat you know they need their support network ashore and vice versa to know that the, the families know that their loved ones are supported with a helpline like this it's just really amazing the additional part of it is that the seafair help is accredited with the helpline standard for best practice and helpline work. So that's really amazing. Yeah, we wanted to share this as a resource to you today because we're both very passionate about what we've learned with Seafair Help and view it as a piece of the puzzle to provide support to seafarers and to eliminate sexual assault and sexual harassment in the industry. So the big part for Seafair Help, I know if I'm a mariner, on the vessel and I'm calling someone. I mean, just knowing that the conversation is confidential, that's just going to provide like another aspect of, of trust and to have someone else that you can talk to and knowing that 
your conversation is being respected and, and confidential is going to help the seafarer. Another point to note, though, is that if you do call, personal information may be required. So, for example, you know, your name, the vessel's name, the ship's IMO number, nationality, things like that, that the representative may request just to further fine tune the help specifically for you as the seafarer. And according to the seafarer help policy, any information given will not be shared with anyone without permission. So that's really important to know. Today with us is Caitlin Vaughn. She has been the project manager at ISWAN, and she is here to tell us more about what the Seafarer Help Hotline is about, what happens when someone calls in, along with the international coordination that happens on ISWAN's side to provide a seafarer with support. Welcome, Caitlin, to the Women Offshore podcast. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Ali. At Women Offshore, we have shared your hotline, Seafarer Help, for a few years now. We view this as a resource for those who work on the water. Can you give us an inside look at the hotline and what happens when someone calls? Yeah, I'm happy to. So our main service is a 24-hour multilingual helpline called Seafarer Help. It's free. It's available to anyone working at sea and their family members. And just to mention, we have a new service that we just launched in November called Yacht Crew Help, which is specifically aimed at um, professional yacht crew. But both services are free, run by the same team through ISWAN. I mentioned that it's multilingual. Um, it's available 24 hours and it's available across a number of different communication channels. So, you know, seafarers get in touch with us via the phone, but over email, live chat is increasingly popular for all types of problems. WhatsApp. Yeah, so when a, a seafarer or their family member gets in touch, I really can't sort of stress the vast, wide variety of issues that seafarers might get in touch with. It might be something really straightforward, like contact details for a certain place, maybe a seafarer center, and you know, general information like that. Or it might be much more serious and in or during recent times, we're seeing a, you know, a massive increase in the number of seafarers contacting us and the number of cases that we're opening, largely due to COVID. Um, last year, we saw a threefold increase in the number of seafarers, the number of cases we were opening. So we, in a nutshell, we're a 24-hour multilingual service that's available for seafarers wherever they are in the world, whatever issue they're facing. We'll do what we can to try and help them. What does success look like when someone calls the Seafair Help Hotline? Well, I think just sort of mention again the kind of like wide variety of reasons that um, someone will get in touch with us really kind of depends on what it is the caller is looking for themselves. And I think if we can do anything to improve the situation of the caller, it might just be how they're feeling in that moment. And, you know, that's successful. But I think the other thing to mention is the, the variety of needs that seafarers and their families have and the, the amount of time we might need to be in, in contact with them for. But, you know, for example, what we see and what we've focused on more and more in, in the, probably the last five years or so is, is seafarers that, that really just need to talk through a problem. And it's just having someone else that's impartial and, you know, someone that will keep their problem confidential having them there to talk to potentially in their own language is just a, a massive comfort so that 
area of emotional support we've really focused on in the last few years we see as as really important so whatever a seafarer is experiencing if they're contacting us because they haven't had their wages paid or they're being bullied then often not seeking for us to come up with a solution to the problem and often they're able to find it themselves through talking through the, the problem but they're looking for someone to talk to about it so the helpline staff are all trained in providing emotional support and counseling skills suicide risk assessment they have specific training in responding to survivors of sexual harassment or assault or any types of sexual violence and specific training in bullying and harassment and we also have two trained counsellors on the skills as well as a network of psychologists that we can refer to if someone needs more intensive support or more urgent intensive support in terms of success just if if we can go some way or all the way in, in being able to meet the needs of the seafarer and the reason they phoned or be able to point them in the right direction so that their issues are resolved as quickly as possible, then that's what success looks like, I think. So what happens on your side after someone calls? Do you find that a lot of follow-up is needed sometimes? Sometimes, yeah. And, and it really does depend on a lot of things. You know, sometimes a lot of follow-up might be needed because it's a complex case and we see that a lot, um, particularly with some of the challenges that COVID has, you know, have arisen due to COVID. But, you know, we we might need to contact various different parties. So if it's sort of labour-related issue, depending on whether the seafarer is a union member or if their union can or can't help, um, we might need to be in touch with, with them sort of back and forth to find help via various means it might be via the flag state or you know sometimes we can try and find help through an embassy for example so in those sorts of cases there might be a lot of follow-up and when we're looking at cases that we're dealing with specifically in-house and we're not looking to find help from another agency such as you know a seafarer that might need counselling then they those sorts of cases might require a lot of follow-up because we'll be constantly checking in to see how they're doing you know, to make sure that they're aware that we're available and we're there to support them. Sometimes a seafarer might contact us because they're in a lot of distress, but might be reluctant to be put forward for a series of counselling. So in those cases, we there'll be a lot of follow up to make sure that you know that they're you know how they're feeling isn't deteriorating further. With COVID nineteen, do you find that mariners who are in situations? where they need to be removed from their vessels, say perhaps for a sexual assault or sexual harassment, that they're not being removed? And how are mariners able to get the help they need ashore if they can't be removed from their vessel? Yeah, I mean, we are seeing this, unfortunately, and you're not specifically just related to cases of uh, sexual harassment or bullying or those sorts of, I mean, we are seeing cases where seafarers aren't able to get sure and aren't being removed and um, we're seeing that related to you know health complications as well and you know we know that there's a worldwide crew change crisis that is the cause of a lot of these these issues um what is the cause of all of the issues with, with crews not being able to get home when they are supposed to but also in these sorts of cases but you know we we do what we can and alone 
in these sorts of cases, there's not a lot we can do other than provide support. Uh, you know, we're available 24-7, which I think is very important. But obviously, if a seafarer is on board and is in this in a toxic environment in some sense, then we also do what we can to to try and get them repatriated. And that, again, is working with as many different agencies as possible. So, I mean, every case is, is very different. And, you know, in, in lots of cases, in many cases, really, shipping companies are doing what they can a lot of the time. And, you know, sort of often one of our first questions will be around what the onboard process is and, you know, whether the seafarer feels comfortable with following their onboard procedures or, you know, what support they're getting on board. And sometimes they are getting that support. They just need another avenue or outlet to talk to because sometimes you it's just not appropriate or just doesn't feel right or you don't feel comfortable talking to your colleagues um particularly if you know there's senior crew on board maybe that would be the people to talk to but when they're not getting the support from their company um obviously that makes things even more complex and that's where we all need to call on the support of you know their union if they have one and, and as i mentioned over their flag state their their embassy is such a challenging situation that we have right now because you know it depends on particular government agencies and whatever regulations procedures they've got in place at the moment that are making things extra challenging for removing seafarers but we yeah we we do what we can how can people learn more about seafarer help and support your mission caitlin is there anything our audience can do specifically well thank you we are really small team and you know we we really try to make sure that we're constantly improving our services or looking making sure that we can provide support across you know a wide variety of different challenges from seafarers affected by piracy for example right the way through to emergency hardship funds and and you know just making sure that our helplines can be continue to be available 24/7 basically so it's really important to us that all seafarers know we're there and know about the resource because you know being a small team that you know is mostly the helpline team it can be a challenge getting the word out there and, and doing what we can in terms of promotion so if there are any opportunities to print and share our materials for colleagues to to tell each other about our services that's really great we've got a number of cards and posters in different languages i think they're available on the website but you know we can always send them on as well wonderful we will share your links and point people towards your website to offer support brilliant so i mean there's uh, there's also we've got a lot of um, health resources on rcfarhelp.org and yachtcrewhelp.org websites if there's you know anything on there download them distribute them if you know, if anyone wants sort of large quantities of resources that we have, you know, we can always look at getting those out to to different people and different regions. We have a C for Help Facebook page that's got, I think it's three hundred thousand followers or so on it. Um, great if you could share that as well, like our Facebook page and our other ice on social media pages as well. And we rely on charitable grants and and donations as well to keep our services running. So donations are always greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for coming on the show today and everything that you 
and iSwan has done to support the maritime industry. Thank you for all the work that you do at Women Offshore. I hope we can continue to support each other. And yeah, please, please let me know if we can help in any other way. Thanks, Caitlin. Thanks so much for coming on today. Before we end this show, we wanted to say that if you have been a victim or a witness to sexual assault or sexual harassment, you are not alone and can take action today. We encourage you to report such matters to your employer, academy, school, or union as per their guidelines. For example, this may be your HR partner, captain, or designated person ashore. It can be hard to speak up, but it is a necessary step in seeking help and breaking the cycle of sexual assault and sexual harassment. Additionally, if you learned from the show and want to propel women offshore forward, please consider making a donation today. You can donate and even set up a monthly recurring gift at womenoffshore.org slash donation. Until next time, stay safe out there and we'll talk to you soon.